0: Change this train, not taking passengers. <laughs> Jesus. Um. <hi> everyone. <laughs> um. A little something different today. Um. I'm going die. Um. Why would I die? <laughs> uh, ah, there we go. Fuck, I'm an idiot. Using nasal spray, and you're used to doing that whole k- k- sort of pull down on the trigger thing, and these ones are just like a squeeze top sort of thing. I'm going to die trying to <laughs> use <a> n- <laughs> What's this you called? Drixine? Decongestant nasal spray. <laughs> Um, yeah, a little something different just to break it up. I don't want to be depressed for the holiday of staying inside in front of the computer. Um, I've actually, I don't utilize the spaces I have. Like, it's one thing, I've got the studio in Oakley that I don't utilize enough. So I like just can by the drive in there, um, outside of a client or whatever. And then at home, I've got a window directly to the right of my desk and it faces out, like, you know, onto the street. And it's actually a really nice view. It's one of the nicest view out of my apartment. And I spend most of the day staring at screens and then I turn begrudgingly and look out the window and feel depressed. Whereas today, as a change of pace, <laughs> um, I've set my, I've just got the arm out on the, on the mic stand or whatever it is. The, yeah. I've got the arm out <laughs> and I've set my chair up so I'm facing directly out the window. It's actually very liberating it feels like you're floating not really anyway um yeah I realized that I wouldn't be able to do an uh, I know this a few things I know the last episode the the he was really staggered by over a week and a half that wasn't purposeful it wasn't like some sort of ploy to drag out content it's just um yeah I was interstate for a couple of days last week and I forgot to schedule it. Ran out of time to schedule it. And then um, when I got back, I was just flat out with work. And then, yeah, whatever. So it's finally up there. Um, it's interesting. Had a good response regarding it too. I strongly suggest you listen to it. Cause my friends are stupid. Um, uh, yeah, secondly, <clears throat> I'd been planning on doing one of these, um, yeah, a week or two ago. And then obviously just ran out of time. And I was actually going to try and do one when I was interstate, but I didn't get a chance to. And I don't know when I'm going to get to into the studio to do another proper episode with either the guys or someone new. Um, I've still got one episode on the back burner that's sitting there. I'm just waiting clearance on it to get it released. Then i got one that I still need to edit. Jimmy, I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, I just haven't had time. That one's bad. That one's from before when I left to go overseas, so end of June. I just haven't had time. Um, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's come up in the last week or two that people have sort of been talking to me about and asking me my opinion. And um, yeah, I've sent too many angry texts and voice messages, so I figured stuff it, I'll just come out. The big one is um, the queen kicking the bucket. <laughs> yeah, not the most respectful way to say it. But then again, she's just a person. Well, she was, is, was. <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, a mighty near hundred years of, of life and, you know, 70 odd years of r- urban rule. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how to approach her. I don't know which way. I don't know what's acceptable and what's politically correct. I mean you don't talk ill of the dead at the same time. I've been talking ill about her and she's been near death for the last 20 years. I mean seriously, what were people expecting? Like it's just Oh god, I don't know. The second it came out, I just, it got I'm she's done. And uh, I remember waking up. I can't remember what time I woke up, and I just saw it like on my phone. Yeah, you know, I pulled the phone out like I'd gone and get a glass of water or take a piss or something and I've looked at my phone and just said, you yeah, know, Queen Elizabeth passed away, blah blah blah, tributes rain pouring in. I'm like, no yeah. I went back to sleep. It's like what do I want me to do, pretend like I give a shit? Like, seriously. And that's the other thing. As Australians, I've copped a lot of flack from like my relatives overseas and just people I interact with overseas and they think the Queen is revered here, like some sort of, you know, George Washington, Donald Trump type figure. <laughs> Um, she's not, at least not by the the ethnic communities, you know what I mean? I don't know what white Australians say. Most of them don't even know who she is, except that she's on our money. Um, but having said that, the thing with the, (laughs) the thing that killed me, the whole royals thing was the fact that everyone was surprised she died. She's literally done nothing, like barely been in public view for the last, like, you know, I don't know how long. Like a year? Eight months? I got no idea. And then when she die, it's like you know, is the queen well? Hints that she's not well. She's ninety fucking six. Seriously. Ninety six I'm I'm less than half her age. And I'm struggling to get up in the morning. There's always another ail- another ailment to add to the mix. And the madness in the response. I think the the funniest headline that I saw on um, news.com.au was, (laughs) Experts hint at Queen's cause of death. (laughs) I tweeted straight away. I just said, my money's on accidental asphyxiation. (laughs) And then... Unintentional self-manslaughter would be my next best guess. (laughs) And that was a really loaded tweet and Insta post because it was a double whammy. It was a layer. I was actually really proud of this one and I shared it with a few of my friends and said, hey, tell me if you can find a layering in this thing because it's intricate. So, like, accidental asphyxiation, uh, like, you know, to break it down in layman's, is, you know, choking to death by accident. And the only, there's two ways, typically, that you choke to death by accident in the 21st century or, you know, 20th century or whatever you want to call it, right? In the last 20 years, two cases, two typical cases. One would be uh, teenagers, especially, late, like uh, in the later years of high school, early years of university, all that sort of stuff, in order to cram um, study sessions and stay awake, what they were doing, uh, typically Chinese, I think it was, and maybe Indian even, I'm not sure. But definitely, definitely Chinese. Um, they were students were tying a belt around their neck and then tying the belt to the door or something. So if they fell asleep and dozed off while I was studying, the belt would choke them and they'd wake up. Insane to think that you're living under that kind of pressure. I remember Year Twelve cramming and just blindly skipping through pages of First They Killed My Father, and just winging it. Of course, I did fuck all in the in the high school exams, but be that as it may. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the first form of of accidental asphyxiation. The second one would be autoerotic asphyxiation. So, um, Michael Hutchins, they say, you know, there was a big conspiracy about that, the fact that, you know, they found him hanging in his hotel room and they weren't sure if it was suicide or it could have just been asphyxiation or autoerotic asphyxiation gone wrong. And probably the most famous one after him a bit earlier on, a bit later on, was back in 2003 possibly, I can't remember when it was. I googled it because I wanted, I sent it to a mate of mine. It was was uh, David Carradine. And for those at home, <laughs> for those listening at home, um, David Carradine would be known to the older uh, heads in the audience as the guy who starred in Kung Fu that show that Bruce Lee thought up and eventually they cast Carradine because he was taller. Um, and to the younger to medium-aged heads in the audience. Uh, David Carradine was last in uh, Kill Bill. He was the uh, the dude in Kill Bill. <laughs> I don't know how to how to put it. But him, they found him in a Swiss hotel hotel in, um, in Bangkok, in a, in a cupboard with a, like a belt or a tie around his neck. I can't remember if it was a belt or a tie. But it was in a cupboard. Now, David Carradine, as his, as his character was portrayed in um, Kung Fu, was a wanderer <laughs> and and <laughs> like a dark horseman. So the, uh, so you know, was, I'm not gonna say he was a deviant, but I think he had a sketchy side to him. And um, yeah, finding him in a hotel room in Thailand with a tie around his neck, um, yeah, that didn't scream suicide. That was yeah, that was definitely jerking the um the chicken. Shit. (laughs) Jerking the chicken. I've not said that since fucking high school. Like, easy. Easy. (laughs) Jerking the chicken. Now, why would anyone tie a belt around their neck, uh, their throat, whatever, and choke themselves while jerking off? Now, studies have shown (laughs) not kind by personal experience, but this is also the reason why a lot of people like being choked during sex is because... Um, what it does is it it stops oxygen flow to the brain and that causes like a euphoric sensation and heightens like you know orgasm and things like that it's essentially the same reason why people become addicted to smoking outside of the fact that it's a a stimulant like an an addictive substance it works the same way it slows the blood flow to the brain creating a euphoric sensation like endorphins Um, and that's why you know obviously you have the side effects of like yeah, slow the oxygen flow to the brain and the blood and all that sort of crap. Obviously, you end up uh, with the sudden case of uh, death. Anyway, um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I, t- I don't know if it was in bad taste. Yeah, you know, seeing a headline that says experts in How the fuck did I meander to like? I-, I can't stay on topic. Like legit. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got to that. <laughs> this long-winded explanation of what autoerotic. Uh, asphyxiation is but seeing a headline it says experts hint at queen's cause of death now it annoyed me for like a number of reasons <laughs> and i don't know if it was too dark or, or in bad taste to make a joke like that but it's a joke i don't care okay um experts like what experts i they got like the coroner like from all over the world like different heads coming together to think hmm. now what could have killed her she was 90 fucking six Like, what could it have been? She fell over in the bathtub, you know, broke her hip, got an infection, pneumonia, you know, maybe she just passed away in her sleep doing a line of cocaine. (laughs) Like every 96-year-old woman worth, you know, a couple billion dollars dreams to go. Maybe she had one of her young studs up there servicing her and she had a heart attack. Who the fuck knows? But at that point, what experts have you got? on hand, furiously compiling notes and doing case studies to figure out just how the old woman died. Is it really relevant at that point? And then, my God, the fallout. That's not the fallout, but the reaction. The papers, everyone just on top of it. Like, who cares? She had zero influence at that time. The only people who really care are the com- countries that are screaming to become republics in the Commonwealth. Like, seriously. <laughs> Just the constant, like, you know, Harry is making his way to the castle. Prince William is already at the castle. Prince Charles is already at the castle. Who cares? Let the family grieve. Let them deal with the shit. Let them have the, arg- the same arguments that everyone has when someone passes away. You know, who's getting the vintage car in the garage that Pop never drove? Who's getting the record collection? <laughs> you know, I love Don Ho. I love Tom Jones. Who cares? <laughs> Let them argue over the same shit in peace. The world doesn't need to know. The world shouldn't care. And if you fucking care about who's making it from that immediate family back to the castle on the other side of the world, you've got way too much time on your fucking hands. Seriously. And then, like, the whole thing over what... What's, what name is Prince Charles going to take as King Charles? You know, is it going to be King George V or whatever the fuck it was? He settled on Prince uh, King Charles the Third good for him it changes nothing we're gonna to have to change the faces on our currency our public holiday is going to change who cares who the fuck cares and like what's it going to do to the titles the legacy is disrespected princess die should have been this queen camilla is the, the king's consort whatever you know prince harry who's no longer a prince who went outside of the the, the whole shtick He's now going to be seventh in line to the throne behind his, you know, two nephews or nieces. I don't know how many kids there are. Again, who gives a rat's ass? And then all these people coming out. My God, she was so inspirational. She did this. She did that. What in God's name did the Queen actually do? Okay. I get the outcry of love, you know, for Princess Di because, you know, she was a humanitarian per se. She was making all these public appearances, shaking hands with AIDS victims in hospitals, you know, doing something about landmines in Sarajevo and so forth. Fair enough. okay, I'll buy into the, the romanticism. okay. But other than breed corgis, drive like a madman without a license, what did the queen, queen of Note do for the last 30 years, 40 years? We've talked about it on the podcast at length, especially in the early days, and like I said, I'm not criticising the person, I'm criticising the title. I've already talked about how monarchies are just absolutely ridiculous in this day and age, and if they want to keep the titles for, you know, playing cosplay every every other weekend, fine, do whatever the hell you want, but all this bowing and curtsying shit, the way they say, you know, the, the, the disrespect and this, this and that. I remember in the highlight reel of everything that, that was happening in regards to the funeral, they were name-dropping people and all the things, they called uh, Paul Keating the uh, the Lizard of Oz because he dared put his arm around her as he was greeting her, greeting her majesty to his wife at the time. I'm guessing they're still married. And she refused to curtsy. Like, like this was revolutionary, like unheard of back in the 90s. I think it was Paul Keating, like the 95, 94, 95, I think. Yeah, because Johnny Howard came in in 96. So it had to have been somewhere between 93 and 96. Anyway, but the, it's drumming up anything, like actual achievements of note. Like, give me one. It's got a property portfolio worth billions of dollars across the world. I had to explain to someone what the Commonwealth actually represented. And it's just all these things. Now, at the same, in the same scheme of things, they, the AFLW caused up a stink because they refused to lower the flag and have a minute's silence. Before one of the games, uh, the AFL proper did they they had like a little tribute video and all the usual shit, but the AFLW refused to do it. Now you'd think as one of the leading, uh, the longest reigning monarchs of the world, and a female who represented independence and all this shit because she was served in the war and she did or anything and all that crap, you would think the AFLW would be right on it. Instead, they went the other way, when went ultra woke, and they refused to, to have the minute silence and the half-ma- half half mast flag because of all the pain that the uh, colonialism represents for F- first nations and um indigenous etc now i can understand the pain that colonialism might drum up but at the same time her face is on our fucking money and and she's she's dead she's a, a figure like, it's it's a it's a i know that i'm sort of you know what am i bitching about well, it's like you know what like I have no respect for the title itself, but we live in Australia, and it's just the way it is right now. Now, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound hypocritical. I'm trying to weigh up both sides of the coin. Maybe someone out there can actually enlighten me. <clears throat> By the way, I'm feeling way too comfortable doing a, a recording like this, because I'm literally staring right outside, and I'm sort of swiveling in my chair, and I can hear it coming through my headphones. Um, But yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) my mum's actually brutal. She's a savage, I swear to God. I sent her a screenshot of that tweet that I put up about um, accidental asphyxiation. (laughs) I'm just sent back in Greek. like, LOL, and I'm going to go the same way (laughs) as in she is. (laughs) I think it's probably the crudest joke I've ever made, like with my mother. Or that got him from my mother. And it's just funny. Like, my mum's in her 70s, and I remember a cousin of mine saying to me years ago, he goes, well, we're talking about the crudeness levels between, our, like, our mothers and stuff, and um, he said to me, mate, he goes, where do you think we get it from? He goes, I listen to them sometimes when they get together in their gas bag. He goes, they're worse than us, 100%. <laughs> um, anyway... um. Yeah, and then there's the whole public holiday thing, you know, and everyone sort of jumped on it like, oh, great, River. Day off, beauty, you know. Um, But at the same time, I've been personally affected for work because of this public holiday. It's either now do I work on the day when I can't actually get access to everything I need? Am I going to pay time and a half for certain people to work on this day Uh, when you've already budgeted for just a regular work day? It's, It's actually to drum up a, a public holiday just like that, you're better off just giving it an hour's silence. Like, seriously, you know, our personal time. You can be alone with your thoughts. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I think they tried to do a good thing, but they didn't really think it through. And now they're saying that, you know, it's all going to change again, the, the Queen's birthday is going to be the King's birthday now, and blah, 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 whatever. Okay? Okay, ruling leaders have, have kicked it. Like, you know, in the past, isn't the first time a rule's died? That's the other thing. It's not the first time a rule's died. Yes, sure, she was the longest reigning monarch, but what the hell does that mean? She got married young to a dude that was older than her, which would have been called statutory rape, the same way as the Elvis saga right now. But we just glossed over that because it was a romance. Filthy Greek. (laughs) And then, yeah. Pampered for a lifetime. It's a pretty... Her mother made it to like 101 or something, didn't she? I'm pretty sure. And everyone loved her. Again, I don't know what these people have done. Anyway, again, I don't want to talk ill of the dead, but I'm just making an observation here. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, the paper. That was the other thing. The double standards with the fucking paper. All right. I'm getting tired of reading these shitty articles. There was, a, it's, again, that mystery journalist. I keep forgetting her name. I Actually, she's written all these woke-centric articles, pretty much shit-canning men, throwing them under the bus, saying that they're useless. And um, I remember Googling this woman, trying to get a contact, just to give her my peace of mind, because I'm sure she wants to hear from me. I cannot find for the life of me a single fucking thing. No history, no folio, no CV, nothing. <laughs> it's like you've got like writers submitting articles to the biggest news Australian news, like you know, hub of of the internet, seemingly with no credentials. But you'd get that just by reading the fucking work. Anyway, there was a big stink, which I agreed with when um when Britney Spears like about a week or two ago. Um, you know, everyone knows, or well, you'd know now that she's out of a conservatorship, like. All that sort of shit. She's gone ham at her her old man, her ex-managers, her family, saying, you know, she was a victim and and all this sort of stuff and essentially a prisoner for, you know, a decade. Which, you know, I do agree with, you know, in the essence of it all. And basically, I think it was 60 Minutes. I think it was 60 Minutes. Someone came out and interviewed K-Fed regarding his ex-wife, Kevin Federline, if you remember him. Um, yeah, he's the guy that knocked Britney Spears up. He was a backup dancer, and then he tried to be a rapper. But they, this spe- specific writer was writing about how it's a double standard. That it's not a double standard. It was, she was specifically talking about how why how is K Fed's opinion relevant on Britney Spears? They're only together for you know five six years or whatever it was. He's had no part in her life for the last for the best part of the last decade or whatever it is. How is his opinion relevant now on another woman? And I agreed with that. How is Kevin Federline's opinion relevant on a woman that he hasn't had anything to do with outside of, you know, co-parenting some kids? Who's he to have an opinion on her, right? Take that however way you want. I agree. It's terrible. In the same breath, (laughs) the same freaking newspaper, news outlet, is having interviews. Wayne Carey got caught in, uh, was it Perth? Got caught with a bag of white substance at the casino and he says it was for his, um, oh, what was it? Allergies or something? <clears throat> I can't remember what it was. Any I-, I cannot remember what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got caught with a bag of powder and he got booted out. Who does the paper fucking interview? His ex what? His ex girlfriend, his ex fiance. I don't know if they were married. I can't remember. I keep forgetting her name. They haven't been together for years. He's the one that he allegedly glassed. He, contests that he only held a glass up to her face to throw water in her face or wine in her face or something. Apparently cut her lip. She got glassed. Um, which is a terrible thing to do and he's, he's said it as well. But yeah, they dragged her out from under a rock <laughs> to get her opinion on Wayne Carey. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. know. all fine. And then again, they've got, they've dragged um, Nadia Bartel out because she looked hot. She went out one night. She wore no bra under like a sports jacket blazer looking thing. And the headline's like x wag stuns in, you know, uh, nude outfit or some shit. I'm like, Nadia Bartel, are we still flogging that horse? She got done for snorting powder off a plate like a year and a half ago. What has she done? Like (laughs) her clothing line by staying, you know, naked on Instagram. I swear to God, how do these people become who they are? We literally make public figures out of nobodies. And the thing is, I know I'm a nobody. I'm just saying what I think. And the only people that are going to listen to it are the two, three dozen heads that follow this shit. That are friends of mine, probably. <laughs> I don't know. No, actually, no. Not many of my friends actually listen to this. I've got better sense than that. <laughs> and the ones that do, when they message me regarding this stuff, I always say, You you listen to this? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I've got a bunch of notes here. Something about the Queen's health. Yeah, I've said that. Schnitz and family guy. I don't know what that is. Maybe there's a reference to Schnitz and tits. Which is fucking feral. Nah, it can't be that. Anyway. Anyway. The Drunk Elite. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what this is. A lot of uh, my trip to one Brisbane. So, last week, um, Monday, I had it all planned out. <clears throat> um, when I'd gone, before I'd left, like earlier in the year, a mate of mine approached me to go see Kiss. You know, they're doing their uh, End of the Road tour. And they're going, obviously, state to state. They're smashing it. And uh, we had booked tickets, I'm pretty sure, to see him back in like 2020. And then, obviously, COVID and then poor Stanley's health and all that sort of stuff came in. Um, <laughs> one of the funniest calls ever was from my mate Malaka. When, um, when poor Stanley got the flu or whatever and they cancelled his tour just to let him rest up. <laughs> my mate cracked it. He's like, what the fuck? They're cancelling a whole tour because he's got a cold. He goes, all they need to do is bring him here. And you get one of these old, like, Greek grandmothers, like, rubbing <laughs> rubbing alcohol on his chest. <laughs> Just picturing that shit, man, still makes me laugh. Like, Gene Simmons, world-renowned rock star, traveled everywhere, you know, millions of dollars with the face makeup, bare chest under, like, a leather vest, and this old Yaya rubbing, like, Tsipuro or some moonshine on his chest to get the inflammation down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're fine just get back on the road um yeah um yeah so he had approached me about seeing him and I said nah I go we saw him in 2015 and Paul Stanley's voice was shot in 2015 so I said nah look I've seen him you know life goal complete uh, I'm done and then he convinced me to go again this year for the last one He goes look it's the last tour they're not going to come back after this like this is it um and I said look man the his voice is gone he says no 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 for the two years that they had off for covid they were basically recuperating Paul Stanley was doing a lot of work you know just self medicating <laughs> um and um yeah apparently his vocal cords are back up to speed yeah it's still a great show this and I said all right you know what let's see what happens once I, I get away and come back and um in the end my mate ended up buying me a ticket and just said you know pay it off when you can I said okay cool done and us in, we said, well, yeah, where are we going to go? Like, I don't want to see him in Melbourne. I like, go, we've done Sydney. Like I've done Sydney before, seen them there. Shit show. The crowd in Sydney was useless. Like you had to tell them to stomp their feet and dance and sing. It was so bad. Um. So I said, well, how about Brisbane? He goes, I go, I've never been to Brisbane. He's like, all right, sweet, done. So, booked a flight to Brisbane. He said, look, treat it as like a mini holiday because we're not going to get another break. You know, up until the big break. Um. It's just a breakup, you know, like you, you work your balls off. You need at least some downtime. I said, like, okay, you know what? I'll I'll do it. Fuck it. So, I used points and booked the flight to Brizzy and, um, you know, obviously had the ticket ready to go, booked a hotel, like a pretty nice place. And I was actually pumped. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a cool trip. Like, never been, made some plans to see people while I was up there, you know, um, that is so sort of Brisbane bound. Sweet. Let's do it. And, um, of course, shit started the, the, uh, the rescue as standard. I had, like, a, a 6 o'clock flight, 6.15 flight or something. I get to the airport, chaos, right? Standard shit. It's all going fine for the minute. I get to the gate. I'm waiting, and the line is, like, massive. It's out the door. It's a full plane. And um, at, they're making announcements the entire time. They've delayed our flight by 15 minutes, blah, 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 blah. We'll be boarding soon. We'll be boarding soon. We're just waiting for a crew member Yada, yada, yada. Now, at 6.13, a woman in a Jetstar jacket is coming down the aisle, and she's measure- she's weighing everyone's um, carry-on, and I was only going for two days, so I only had like a little suitcase, you know, two pairs of jeans, two singlets, a pair of jocks, yeah, and a br- uh, toothbrush. But I also had my laptop with me, because I was going to do work, I was going to work from there, because, yeah, the Tuesday, the gig wasn't going to be till you know, later on in the Arvo. Um, I think it's going to sound a bit different now because I just moved the mic. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't going to be till later on the Arvo. So, I was going to work, you know, make the most of the day as well, blah, 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 blah. She pings me. She says, you're overweight, you know, by a kilo or a kilo and a half or whatever it is. That'll be $65, thanks. Like, really? She says, yeah, it would have been 25 or something or 30 if I checked it in myself earlier. But me, the idiot, didn't weigh it. And I thought I like, would have been fine. But I had like a, a tablet. I had a laptop. Like, fine. I'll cough it up. Fuck it. 65 bucks at 6.13. At 6.15, they announced that the flight's cancelled. <sighs> nice one. So, I mean, what did this woman not know at 6.13? She's a crew member. You're telling me two minutes earlier she had no idea they were going to cancel the flight? Like, please, I'll make an announcement every two seconds. It's an it's Arvo flight, evening flight, with shit star heading out of Melbourne, Nine times out of ten, uh, you're done. All right, that's just how it is. I've had more flights cancelled heading out of Melbourne at that time than any other flight anywhere in the world. Like it's just ridiculous. So, pilgrims as we are, we all run back to you know towards the gate. We head there. Uh, we get to the the, the Jetstar uh, desk, and while I'm going while I'm heading there, I'm googling flights. Right, so Virgin's booked out they wanting like eight hundred, nine dollars $900,000, flights for like the next day, all that sort of thing. Jet Stars gone as well. So it's chaos. While I'm waiting in line, uh, there's one flight for that night, for Monday night. And mind you, I had to be, I had plans for Monday night. I should have been in the air by 6. You know, I should have been landing in Brizzy by 8.30. I had plans for that night. That I thought you weren't going to happen, but I couldn't risk not getting to Brizzy by Tuesday, because by from two, three onwards, we were set for this gig, right? So, I'm standing in line. There's like a $650 flight with Qantas. And I said, you know what? It's either book this and know that I'm going to fly up tonight or put it in, you know, the God's hands and fly up the next day at some point for pretty much the same price. All the ticket prices were like fluctuating, i so going up through the roof again. Four, four eighty, 990, seventy, nine ninety—like stupid flights. I'm like, nah, stuff this. I'm not risking this crap. Get to the front desk. I tell them what's going on, and <laughs> she's the woman's like, you know, okay. My my big thing was first was why was this flight canceled? Oh, operation operational procedures. I go, what does that mean? She's oh, we're out of a crew member. Okay, so you couldn't find one, but you you. You, uh, what's it called? What's the word when they they gra- they grounded a plane due to one crew member? You they couldn't. You didn't have anyone you could wake up to take to come in and take a rostered shift. Like seriously. Now you got a full plane of people that are headed up to Brisbane that are going to have to find other means for one crew member. I go, okay. I said, what about my fee? Okay, what about the money I've spent? I okay, go, am I going to get that credit or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> She says, we'll send you a voucher or whatever I said, nah, I, go, I don't want a voucher I go, I'm done with vouchers I, go, I'm still, I, I used vouchers this year to get to uh, overseas and, and interstate That I'd, I'd, you know, accumulated from two years ago I go, forget it She goes, well, are you going to be using our services again? And I said, well, when can you get me to, to Brisbane? Can you get me tonight? She goes, nah, no chance I go, right I go, well, I was meant to be there tonight And then she said, oh, you know I go, when can you get me there? Oh, tomorrow evening And she sort of said it with this um, reluctance. Okay, yeah, tomorrow evening. I needed to be there by tonight. I'm happy to. I'm I'm compromising to accept getting there by you know early tomorrow. And you're telling me you may be able to get me there tomorrow evening. Forget it. Okay, I've already got. I've already lost like a hotel room. Okay, no chance. I go. I want it. I want to put back on my account that my credit card that I used to pay for it. She goes, okay, that's fine. And then I said, oh, and before I go, um. What's going to happen to the sixty-five bucks that I just paid for my carry-on? Oh, yeah, that I'll make a note on the account. Okay, you do that. Anyway, after the fact, I ended up chasing it up with Jetstar. Like personally, it took me like an hour and a half. There was no note on the account. And Then they uh they issued a credit, which will come in the next fourteen to th- thirty-one days or whatever it is they said because of you know shortages and yada yada. Now, the gig was incredible. Brisbane's a really nice city. Um, Yeah, I had a lovely time when I was up there. Um, But my two notes for the trip was the drunk elite. (laughs) Oh, God. Airports my favourite places in the world. Also, one place that really gets me a rate and you can't do anything rash because I'll just call you a terrorist and that'll be the end of it. Of course, as always, I had the standard uh, pull aside. This time, they didn't frisk me because I went in walk wearing just like trackies in a T-shirt, like a singlet, so they couldn't really ping me for anything because I was literally half naked. But they did take my suitcase and stared at it for an, uh, an extra... Uh, what's it called, delayed um, amount of time. Obviously, I was hiding, you know, uh, mortadella sandwiches. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I'm on some sort of track record right now. Like, you know, a dozen flights in the last, you know, pre-COVID, and I've been pulled out for every single one for a spot check. Like, seriously. Anyway, but the Drunk Elite, it was on my way back. I was I was having a burger or something and just, you know, having a, a uh, raspberry soda, that's what I had because I, I thought I should behave after all the crap that I drank for the two days and um, I couldn't, I was trying to uh, I got up, had my meal and then I thought I should start walking towards the gate anyway and I got up from my seat at this restaurant and as I was walking out trying to get my way out like you're weaving and dodging all those chairs and stuff mm-hmm. and there's um <laughs> there's this old white woman and she's standing in the middle of like the exit of this little, this restaurant sort of eatery thing staring at like the screens like the that show all the uh, arrivals and departures and stuff but she was standing dead set in the middle of this gap i looked at her and i got up and i had my bag and i'm trying to get past her but she was sort of standing in the middle of it with her left foot out hand on the hip you know classic karen sort of pose and she had a wine glass perched in her other mitt and then holding it up, upright, you know, high, like she was at a winery doing a taste testing. And she just had the hand on the hip, typical Karen Power stance, staring at the screen. And I, was just, I couldn't get past her. It was either that or hip and shoulder or to the ground. <laughs> I remember looking at her, I'm like, excuse me. And she just kept staring at the screen. And then I've looked, and she's barked something at some, some dude, some old bloke. And I've looked at him, and he's just got like this red, flush, beat face. Like, it had been sinking cans for, like, eight days. <laughs> and um, I was just staring. Like, you try to do the, the motions. Like, can you please, you know? <clears throat> and she's staring, like, ignoring me like I didn't exist, just staring at this screen, waiting for, like, you know, her royal airness to, like, pop up. Like, oh, look, Gary, they've arrived. <laughs> like, I wanted to elbow her in the face. Obviously, I didn't. You shouldn't do that. But at the same time, that's what I felt. Anyway, and then I remember walking towards my gate and there was some dad that was sort of keeping up with me. Actually, no wait, this was either on the way when I got this is either when I landed in Melbourne or when I landed in Brizzy. Like when I landed in Brizzy, I ended up getting there at like fucking midnight. It was ridiculous. I ended up getting to my hotel like after midnight. It took 20 minutes to check in because obviously front desk had had shut and the security had no idea what the concierge had done during the day, so they were looking for my keys. It was a shit show. It was absolutely fucked. But it was either when I landed in Brizzy or when I landed in Melbourne because I was exiting the plane. And there was a dude that was basically like running alongside me while I'm trying to exit. He was an older, older bloke. He didn't have any bags, had nothing on him. He was just wearing shorts and like a hat. And he was gunning it. And then every so often he would stop and he would look back. And then he'd keep gunning it. And eventually I sort of gerried that. He was looking at his family, like glancing back to see if they were still there. <laughs> That's one thing I hate. That and I've commented on it before, that alpha dad mode shit. You know, where these douchebags with families go to the airport and say they become like Colonel Clink and they're holding all the all the paperwork, they're checking schedules, everyone's running on their time, Piss breaks are, you know, monitored, like it's just ridiculous. It's like, my you're literally running off a plane, leaving your family for dead, and you're only pausing every now and then to see if they're still there. These are the idiots that you don't want around, like when the apocalypse comes or some shit like that, or like a wild nest of honeybees come flying after you. They're the ones that run like like cowards first before anyone and yell at everyone to keep up. Anyway, but it was that, dickhead. And the other thing that nearly killed me, and this literally nearly killed me, Okay, so I for reasons unknown, <laughs> not even reasons unknown, um obviously I'm in a I'm an asthmatic, I'm also out of shape, <laughs> and I have anxiety. So those three things coddled together mean I'm a walking train wreck when it comes to my lungs. Okay, so I don't have hay fever, thank God. Um but I puff out really easily. sometimes I I can machine through and run. And then sometimes I'll die after three steps, right? It's really bad. I really need to go back to the gym. Like, I think that's probably what used to keep me in check, the fact that I was actually fit. But now I'm I'm slovenly and Um, slobberly. So, I've always got like an inhaler in my pocket, no matter what. When I was in Brisbane, I was sitting down having a drink and I I put put on a pair of jeans I hadn't worn in ages and there was a pair of earrings in my pocket. And I'm like, hey, earrings. I've been looking for these. So, I ended up putting them on so I wouldn't lose them. Then at the end of the night, I took them off because they've got long uh, stems like behind the actual rock. And you know, I haven't trimmed, uh, trimmed it down yet, the metal. So I, put, I do want them cutting into my face, my, the side of my head as I lay down on my ear. So I put them back in my pocket. Now, for some reason, <laughs> I, put in the, um, I put my inhaler in my pocket and one of these earrings, these stud earrings, worked its way into the actual inhaler. Me, the idiot, coming off a plane half asleep, half cooked, walking up this gangway to get to the, uh, the airport after I've uh, disembarked from the plane, I've gone to take a puff and this freaking stud goes flying, like from inside of the puffer, straight into the back of my throat. So it's hit my windpipe, sharp, metal, rock, and gone halfway down my pipe. I literally stopped in my tracks, dropped my shit, and just started choking until it came up. It felt like it tore a, a vein out of my throat coming out. That's honestly one of the scariest moments I've ever actually experienced um, for personal safety, anyway. I've got no personal regard for my own safety. I, I ride a motorbike at 140K now when I'm in an open field. I've gone out without uh, jackets and shit like that because I'm invincible and all that sort of stuff. I'll run, you know, six days without eating and sleeping properly. There, irrelevant. But beaten by a stud earring in an inhaler. I think about the times that I've nearly choked on, like, Cocoa Pops or something. <laughs> yeah, that was really actually, that was fried. Um, yeah, anyway, I think I've rabbited on for enough, 44 minutes so far. I think that's warranted a break. I went, last week was um, are you U OK? Day or week. I don't know. I just saw the standard um, obligatory token posts go up on social media and all that sort of shit. So I assumed it was that week. Um, it's actually a really interesting cliff note for me. I mean, obviously, I've talked about my struggles with mental health and all that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it was a real sort of, sli- not sliding doors, but just a moment of clarity when I was in Brizzy. You know, I was sitting in this apartment, like, hotel room on the 43rd floor or 45th floor or something like that, looking over the city, and um, I actually had my laptop out. I was doing work. And um, I remember thinking to myself, you know, it's actually nice. Like, I I don't know how I've swindled it, but I've managed to get here. And I'm up here. I'm still doing work, you know, actual work. I was was on the phone with customers and and all types of shit, like, you know, in three different states sending emails, doing all that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it was nice. It was a, like, you know, I'm still running on fumes. I'm still going hand to mouth. But now the standards, of, standards and expectations of myself, my life, and everything that comes with it, they have increased. And, yeah, that was, that was a nice moment. Um. Yeah, I've had a few of these sort of moments the last week. It's interesting. It was on mental, like are you, on "Are You Okay Day Week" whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think about where I was, you know, um, professionally, like 14 months ago, and to where I'm now, and my body work hasn't changed. It's still the same shit. Um, but you know, I just again, I can't, I. It's, it's kind of hard way to it's kind of hard to explain it because you know living hand to mouth is a reality and people especially when people look out from the outside in when they take a snapshot of my life they assume that everything's on the up and up you know and I'm making things sound worse than they are when I really am not and the people that are closest to me get that which is fine that's all that's the only people I need to understand me the people closest to me yeah but yeah you may still be living hand to mouth you may still be hustling and Working seven days a week and all that thing, but as long as your expectations for yourself and your life increase and you value certain things about yourself and you appreciate what you have, then it's a positive. Yeah, I was back in the old hood um, last week and it was a bit of an eye-opener, you know, knowing from where I've come, yeah, um, you know, it was that quote off um the David Banner album. The old dude said, "You got to know where you came from in order to know where you're going." Yeah, I know uh, quite a lot, a lot, of, quite a lot of music, and um, I said the song the other day the Five Finger Death Punch uh, lyric. You know, it could have been much worse, but it should have been better. And I've sort of lived with that a long time. Like my life could have been a lot worse, but it should have been better than what it's come out to be at least at this point i should have more reward for my work but you know you live and learn and that's the thing you just grow up and you just keep moving forward you know you can't change the past can't dwell on it because nostalgia is what kills you nostalgia is what stops you from having personal growth nostalgia is what stops you from growing um you know in your in your professional life that's why people get hung up on shitty jobs They can't, they don't want to leave because they like the people there. Yeah, but when you neck yourself the way uh, Queen Elizabeth did with a a belt, (laughs) trying to find a positive note in your weekend, yeah, it doesn't matter who you work with. Um, And I've been there like too many times, not with the belt. Um (laughs) Yeah, I'm not not going out with the, the belt. And take a bunch of pills and jump off a building like a man. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I almost had a positive moment there, almost, almost. Yeah, you know, all these revelations and self <clears throat> moments of self awareness <laughs> regarding mental health and achievement, and I had to turn it back to a suicide comment. That's how you know you're fucked up. (laughs) Anyway, I actually don't know how this one's going to turn out because I'm staring into an open space. I'm not using the vocal booth thing. I'm not using anything. Um, Thank you to everyone who's liked, shared, followed, subscribed, donated money, uh, bought us a coffee, all that sort of thing. Guys, um, please, I can't stress this enough. Okay, I don't actually want you to buy me a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. If you could share this on your social media, spam it to anyone you hate, you know, suggest it to anyone you like, that would mean more to me than anything. If you've listened to more than one episode, more than two episodes by accident, more than three episodes intentionally, please, please reshare, put it on your stories, you know, do all that sort of shit. I'm not asking you to put up something permanent because, you know, it's a dirty little secret and no one can know that you're listening to this mediocre bullshit podcast from Melbourne because I'm not an ex-athlete or ex-model or ex-reality star show. That was the other fucking thing. Jesus Christ, now that I'm fucking on it again. <sighs> um, what were they called? Hang on. I'm going to find this one. <laughs> um, where is it? Hang on. Uh, ah, The Challenge. Some reality show that's coming. I saw ads for it, like, just pop up on... um. And the pipeline. You look at the people on those on that fucking show. You look at the cast. I tweeted this: ninety percent of the quote-unquote famous people on the new reality show, The Challenge, would only be considered famous because they appeared on other reality shows. How can you have a reality show made up of leftover celebrities made famous by reality shows? Who are these fucking whores? Like seriously, and I don't mean whores in the uh, biblical sense. I'm talking about these, like, media whores don't want to get a real job and think they can just skate on their fame from appearing on these limp-dick reality shows. I don't get it. There's a lot of things wrong with the world today. (laughs) Taking the lead out of our fuel was probably the first mistake (laughs) because it gave people a shorter life expectancy to fuck around with shit like this. (laughs) Oh, God. They should never... You know what they should never have done? They should never have um, reduced the size of the killer python. There you go. That's the problem. Yeah? (laughs) Man, I remember the first time I went and bought a killer python after like a 10-year hiatus. Fuck, man. I was disappointed. I was so disappointed. What do you mean? These were huge when I was a kid. What happened? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, rant over. I'm really sorry. Um, but, yeah, again, please like, share, follow, subscribe. You know, just one little cheeky retweet, one little cheeky, you know, share on um on Facey or Insta or whatever. Maybe you don't even have to tell anyone. It can be our little secret. Wink, wink. Just share it. Um, like, seriously, it's the, the only way um, we're going to get more content out, you know, bigger, better, greater guests. <laughs> Faster and cheaper. <laughs> And not not just any guests, the best guests. (laughs) What the fuck does that even mean? Oh, fuck. Anyway. um, Yeah. Thanks for letting me get this shit off my chest. Um, Smoke crack. (laughs) Hold up.